We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I'm thrilled to have you here for another amazing episode. If there's ever anything that I can do for you, please reach out. That being said, LinkedIn is the channel that you're going to find me on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references social capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social capital is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand your customer. Learn more about Keystone Click at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Sherry Goldman. Sherry is founder of Goldman Communications Group, an award-winning public relations agency. Sherry works with companies and nonprofit associations and their leadership, helping them tell their stories, and effectively reach key stakeholders. The agency offers strategic counsel, messaging, media relations, corporate communications, thought leadership programming, community and industry relations, and crisis communication. Sherry is also an adjunct professor at the City College of New York. Sherry, welcome to the show. Hi, Lori. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you here, too. I didn't realize you were an adjunct professor. That's another common thing that you and I have. Oh, are you a professor too? I've been doing it for 10 years. It's fabulous. Yeah, I did it for three years and then COVID hit and I said, I'm not teaching virtually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we went back this semester, but the, I did like four semesters Zoom. It was interesting. Yeah, I just, you know, running a business and then trying to shift from um, in the whole in-class, like hands-on model to virtual. I just, I didn't have the energy for that. So I can't say I blame you. <laughs> All right, let's dive in here. So what's the biggest challenge for companies today that wanting to be seen, be successful, be known in today's business and media environment? I think the biggest challenge is actually being seen and being believed. There is Mm. so much stuff out there, okay? And it's so hard to reach audiences because it's such a fragmented communications environment these days. I mean, you can get your your news from whichever channel aligns better with your political views. Um, No, so everyone's not watching the same TV. Everyone's not watching the same newspaper. In social media, which is fabulous, you choose to follow people that support your already known beliefs or interests or commonalities. And it amplifies in your bubble. So you're not being exposed to to everything that's out there. For companies or organizations, it's hard to crack into that bubble. It's hard to reach people who might be interested in what you're doing or what you're offering if they're already not in your system, so to speak, if they're not following. 
And then I think the other big challenge, and I'm kind of running all over the place, is being authentic. People put stuff out there because they want people to have it. But are they really authentic? Do they know who their brand or is? Do they know who their target audience is? And how are you making that connection and maintaining that connection? I just think it's so challenging in this fragmented environment to really build those relationships and keep those relationships that you need as a company, as an organization to be successful. Um, And and you know this, Lori, because you deal a lot in digital marketing. Companies put stuff out there. and that's important, but are they really taking a step back and understanding who they're trying to reach? And I don't mean targeting them with your message because you're very, people are very good at targeting, but are they really understanding the audience and the audience cares what's in it for me and why should I care? So are they really understanding the value proposition for who they're trying to reach and then really looking to solve that pain point or that problem. Um, And I think that's a challenge. It's a challenge in the environment we're in where everybody wants something immediately, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what everybody is. There is so much content out there. So you can't say that a company necessarily won't be heard of, but if you and three of your other competitors are really out there, how is your target customer, your target consumer, your target employee, differentiating you from the competition. And that's where public relations or other things have to factor in. You know, you know what your brand is, but what's your reputation? How are you demonstrating what you're telling people your brand is? How are you really showcasing it and being a resource? And and that's where I think organizations are relying too much, at least that's what I've seen, is we'll just post it out there and thinking if it's out there and people may know that they're going to come and believe and trust. And I think it takes a lot more to get people to believe and trust. We're a cynical society. There's a lot of competition out there. Um, You know, a little plug for public relations, obviously, which is what I do. And certainly digital and online is a very big piece of the puzzle and thought leadership. But how are you demonstrating that? I mean, there's something to be said if someone's heard of three organizations, but one of them was written up about in a newspaper because a reporter thought had pre-vetted it and thought it was smart enough or relevant enough that they wanted to write about the topic or they showcased you in an article about a trend and you're quoted, that elevates your reputation. That that differentiates you from the competition. That comes with what we call that third-party endorsement, which is someone else saying something about you. Um, and, And that's a piece of the puzzle. That helps when they've seen your awareness on social media and maybe they've clicked on your website and it looks fabulous, but they all look fabulous. So how are they differentiating? that article in a newspaper, that piece in the local news, that seminar or speaking engagement that you might've done in the community or the industry might be the point of differentiation to have them say, I'm gonna go with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where 
that whole marketing puzzle, the peso model, the public relations really needs to factor into it to help showcase that a company and organization is helpful, is smart, is authentic. And, and that to me is very, very important. Yeah, I think the word that really stood out the most to me, and there's lots of things I could comment on here, don't get me wrong, but um, authenticity is something that is extremely important. It's kind of one of my um, golden rules of networking and building relationships, um, which yeah. is what business is all about. I always like to say that uh, people can smell fake. So if you're <laughs> if you're not coming through as a genuine human being, people pick up on that right away. You know, if there's something about like passion that's an un... I don't know what the word is, but being authentic. Well, it is contagious. Yes, it be, is, it being authentic. Yeah, yeah. Being authentic just stands out stronger than trying to be something you're not or say Absolute, something you're not believing in. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've seen that so many companies want to be something, but are they really walking the walk and not just talking the talk? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where public relations comes in because- you're generating awareness for who you're trying to put your public face on, but how are you demonstrating that and showcasing that? If you say you're a good corporate citizen, is it more than just writing a $10 check? Are you out in the community doing something, building community gardens? If you're a bank, are you going there and educating people about how to buy how, on their credit scores and, and teaching kids about credit or teaching people what they may need to buy a home down the road? or are you just selling mortgages? So public relations really gives you an opportunity to show that authenticity that people are going to resonate to. People wanna work for companies that are authentic. They wanna buy products and services from people who are authentic and they trust. And the hard part in this fragmented media environment is how do you determine what's authentic? particularly if you're not hearing directly from those people. Cause you're right, Lori, if you hear somebody and you talk to them, you can tell, mm -hmm. you can tell if they're faking it or they're real. Yep. But how does that authenticity come through your website or how does it come through your social media channels? What, and that may be, what are you posting? What's your content? If you're doing something in the community, then you have an opportunity to kind of amplify that in all the channels where you are. But it goes down to what's the foundation of the house and how are you showing that you're authentic? hundred mm -hmm. percent. Um, I love that. So how would you recommend uh, someone get started? What are some best practices to getting started? I'd say take a step back, um, have a long-term plan. Cause I think everybody thinks it's going to happen overnight. I'm yeah. going to be on Instagram and yeah. I'm going to have a million customers, you know? <laughs> Um, and I think that everybody in general wants everybody to know about them. And there is no such target audience as everybody. You will not be successful if you don't really break it into a million things. Because again, people hear what's in it for me. Why should I care? So you may be selling a widget, but why? But a senior citizen may need that widget very differently than a college student. You could be selling gluten pasta. But somebody who has health issues needs to hear about it very differently than someone has diet issues. Yep. So yep. once you understand who the target audience and what's in it for them, then you have to understand where they are. Because again, all social media is not the same. I mean, if I'm trying to reach my nieces who are college age students, we're not finding them on Facebook. That's for sure. 
So yep. I could have a great <laughs> Facebook campaign. Conversely, if you're trying to reach people 50 and over, social media may not be the first place you want to be out there. You know, they're reading newspapers. They're going to community events. So I think it's really to understand who the target audience is and, and really understand them. So you, you can create something authentic and meaningful to them. There is not one message. There's not one program. There's not one anything that's going to reach everyone. Even if you want to reach everyone, you may need five different programs. Your B2B is different than your B2C. And the other thing I would really say, and I think most people are very guilty of, is don't talk in your own industry jargon. I think we're so used to, again, in our bubble, amplified people that we talk to all the time, we're in our industry, we're assuming everybody knows what we know. I mean, I'm guilty. I assume everybody knows what public relations is, but they don't. Technology people assume everybody understands their jargon. But the potential customers, the potential clients, the potential referrers of your business may not understand it, and they're not going to do the work to understand it. I get this, e somebody has put me on an e-blast list for SAAS, which is some kind of software, every week. And, and I know that they are software that's very helpful to small businesses, but I guarantee nobody knows what that is. So no one goes, let me look it up and see if I want their product or service. They hit delete. Now, I'm curious. I Googled it, found out what it was. But really, how poor marketing, if you're messaging your email subject line, your website talks about things that someone who needs your services doesn't know what it is. So they don't know that they need your services. Okay? Make your message for the, the For Dummies series. <laughs> Make your message for dummies. And that goes back to who's your target audience. The people who are referring you, the people who are your prospective customers don't have that knowledge. That's why they need you. So if you talk in, in technology talk or you talk in accounting, a lawyer talk, they're not going to understand. They need, if they don't understand it, they're just going to move on. They're not going to do the research. So really understanding that audience and talking to them in a way that is meaningful to them, that they'll understand it and go, oh, I need that software. I need that piece of legal advice. I need that product or service. That's going to be the most important thing. And I think most companies don't do that. I think we're all guilty of, we assume everybody understands. It's easy to have one message for everyone. Um, there's enough stuff. People will, people will get what I do. And that's not the case. Yep. Yeah. And I, I like the emphasis on speaking to your, your audience and, and even zoning in, I'm, I'm a fan of zoning in and, and identifying who that ideal customer is and who that person is. And then writing your messaging, <coughs> excuse me, crafting your messaging to just speak to that one person, because Thanks. then you're going to attract similar like-minded individuals instead of trying to reach the masses. You're not going to be effective if you reach the masses. That's yep. like everyone may have seen you, but nobody's going to understand why they need you. But if you hone in on that one person and they go, oh, that solves my problem, then listen, that obviously we all know your current clients or customers are usually your best referral sources, number one. 
but you will reach similar people like that. And then you might need a different message for another audience, okay? Just because that message worked here doesn't mean it's gonna work there. And, and I think people really need to understand that it's a lot more work. It could be four separate programs at that point in terms of marketing programs, but that's what's effective. And then what you're doing and what public relations does so effectively is leverage the influence of others. You're taking the conversation from I and turning it around. So we leverage the influence of the media because if the media says something, our credibility stands on their shoulders. If you think the New York Times or CNN or even Fox News is a credible news source, then if they report it in their news, if they're doing a story, you're standing on their credibility. If you're targeting influencers, then that stands, you're standing on the credibility of the influencers. If you're speaking at an industry conference, and they have nine speakers, then the fact that you're one of the nine speakers at an industry conference suddenly elevates your authoritativeness, your thought leadership, your credibility, because you were chosen as one of the nine. So in public relations, we're always leveraging the influence of others to help elevate you. And that's really important. And honestly, that will make your digital marketing campaign more effective. That will make your advertising more effective. That will make your sales effort and your sales teams as they're going out and selling more effective. There's no question. It differentiates you from your competition. Love that. Love that. Fantastic. It's, it's so important. So let's, you kind of leaked into this a little bit with regards to influencers, but um, in general, is public relations just for companies or can individuals do this and, and how do they apply these practices? Oh, of course, individuals can do it. You are your own brand, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yep, think yep. authors, celebrities, audit, artists. Um, but you are your own brand and you're your own thought leader. And I think it's up to all of us to control, manage what we want people to think about us, okay? It's up for us, it's for us to tell our story. It's up to us to make sure we are visible and what we want people to know about it. I'm sure that's one of the reasons you do the podcast, right? It's, it's a piece of what you're managing. So decide what you want to um, be a thought leader or known about, and then where do you want people to know about it? Um, decide what your brand is and stick to it and tell your story. And I will say that one of the challenges is, and it comes into social media, is everyone posts things everywhere. But if you're doing one thing professionally, maybe stick that on LinkedIn, but keep your personal stuff off of LinkedIn and maybe just keep it on Instagram. Because if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a promotion, if you're looking for industry positions or visibility, and people can look at it and either they see your political views or they see things that they think, well, they're not as kind of grown up as I thought they were, or, oh my God, this, that will, will hurt your reputation. So you really have to manage what's out there and what's visible. And it's a challenge. There's absolutely no question about it. Love that. No, I agree. But think of yourself as a yeah. brand. And, you yeah. know, you know, what do you want to be? What's your reputation? Your reputation may be a good worker, but a party girl on the weekends, well, maybe <laughs> that's going to, you know, we all do that. Um, 
But if you're, and I tell my students, if that's when you're looking for jobs or you're looking for promotions, you know, the, the keg parties and the kind of wild and crazy things you might not want to have out there and they will find them. You know, um, I know I would manage a company like you do and I walk a very fine line for my company in terms of we don't post much or anything really on politics either way because our clients are across the board. You know, so we have to take a very neutral position and that's kind of no position. Um, think about that in terms of that's of your brand too. Yeah, no, it's, I always like to share, you know, ask, asking yourself in reflection of like, what do you want to be known for? Yeah. And that's the type of stuff that you should be posting. Not, not necessarily what you're actually doing now, but what do you want to be known for? Always think to. ahead. Always mm -hmm. think where you're going and not the now. And sometimes it's a challenge. We're in a very immediate gratification world these days. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to think, you know, am I doing this now? Three years from now, is this going to come back and haunt me? But what are you building towards? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is your big picture goal? All right, Sherry, this is a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. All right, Sherry. So we've been talking a lot about connections and just networking, just from a marketing PR perspective. But you know, that's that's really the focus of the show here. And my goal is to help alleviate any fear, hesitation, <laughs> reservation that someone might have when they hear that word networking. So I'm hoping you can help remove some of that fear um, with our listeners. So can you share with us your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? Sure, but first I should say networking is marketing or mark networking is a tactic of marketing. It's all about making exactly. connections. Yep. So it, it shouldn't be any different. Listen, I met you through networking, Lori. You sure I've did. Got, <laughs> uh, I've got my first, my first clients from my PR agency, which will be 26 years next month through networking. Uh, my first client came from somebody I had been involved with in the Public Relations Society of America's New York chapter, and he and I had run industry awards programs together, and he said, my wife is looking for a PR agency to handle a project. Bingo. <laughs> That's how I got another one. I got my teaching gigs that way because I had been in awards judging, met someone who said she ran an agency and also a track at um, Long Island University in public relations. And I'd say, I'd be interested in exploring teaching someday. Two and a half years later, my phone rings and she says, Sherry, this is Abby. I have a teaching opportunity for you. I had totally forgotten I had even said that and her and taught and taught there for seven years. And now it's City College because someone else I know through networking had been called to teach there. And she said it was a conflict called Sherry. So almost every opportunity that I've gotten um, has come through 
networking. Mm -hmm. Most of my clients come from referrals and referrals are networking. Think of networking as just putting yourself out there and meeting people. And the challenge of networking is obviously staying in touch. Um, The best networking is not selling. I I think when I go to networking events, sometimes people are just selling. I sell this, I sell this, I sell this. Who do you know? I, 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 I get standoffish. That's not what it's about. It's about making those relationships. It's about making those connections. It's public relations, right? It's connecting one-on-one. It's showing your smarts. It's being a resource. It's being available. And over time, and then networking is obviously staying in touch, um, it will generate everything that you can possibly have. Love it. hundred percent agree with you. I mean, as you're kind of going, reflecting back on all your different connections <laughs> and where it brought you today, I'm, I'm, you know, thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, my first clients came from networking people I knew. When I was teaching, it was because of networking. You know, someone just asked, said, I'm not teaching this class anymore. And I thought you'd be the the right fit for it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And, and I've given other people similar opportunities because, you know, someone asked me, do you know someone that would be interested in teaching this or taking on this work. I love it. That's great. Yeah. So Sherry, how and do let you me just, yeah, let me sure. just say that that's where your reputation is. And we talked earlier about your reputation and your brand. I mean, that's where if people know of you, people want to work with and recommend people they know and trust. And that's where yep. demonstrating that and showcasing that, not just posting that. I mean, there isn't enough dollars for me to advertise, but that awareness is important to get out there that they've heard of you if they haven't, but then how do they choose? And that's where those connections, those resources, those referrals really, really help make that differentiation. Love that. So how do you stay in front of and nurture these relationships that you've created? I'm old school. I call, (laughs) I write emails. I am that annoying person, I shouldn't say annoying person, that detailed person that if we have a conversation and you tell me, oh, in three months, my husband and I are going on vacation, I'm putting a note in my calendar. So in four months, I can write, hey, just touching base. And how was that vacation? Because people want to be remembered. So I like to make sure I touch base with people at least a few times a year. Um, If there's an article that I see or something that might be relevant to their industry, I'm saying, hey, I read this today and it made me think of you. Let's catch up. So I the more that you can remember what they say, jot down notes and then make sure you follow up. So I think the key is just take the initiative, but to be really as targeted as you can. Yeah, I think initiative is a really powerful word there. And and reaching out in, in being the first one to, to acknowledge something, or like you said, follow up on something or, yeah, how was your vacation or. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I'll drop the ball and I'll write, and I'm like, I haven't spoken to anybody. And I'm like, okay. So I write and I go, my bad. I dropped the ball. It's been six months. I've mm-hmm. been God knows where, but um, let's see if we can pick up the ball and play again. Let's, let's get coffee. Let's have sure. a zoom. Let's. Yeah, absolutely. It's good just to check in and see. I mean, people move, change, and stuff is happening so fast. It's good to just slow down and and just you know see how things are going. And but- listen, it's a chance for you to learn. It's a chance for you to find a way to interject what you do. So maybe they'll think of refer you, stay on their radar screen in a meaningful way. 
it's a, it's a, I learn every time I talk to somebody. So I think it's important. It's professional development as well. Totally. Um, what advice would you offer that business professional who's looking to grow their network? Oh, two things. Listen, everybody goes trying to talk, 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 listen, be a sponge and listen and absorb what's around you. And then the other thing I would say is be a resource. Always be willing to help. In public relations, you know, you, you're always pitching journalists. But if you could be a resource for a journalist, so maybe the journalist will say, listen, I'm not writing a story about your client, but I'm doing it on this topic. Who do you know? Can you give mm-hmm. me some background information? Or they're thinking of writing a story about your client, but they can't just write about your client. So maybe you give them two other companies doing similar. So now they can write about the topic and you're included. Okay. Be a resource. I find too many people in networking going, I don't want to give away free advice. I don't want to give away free 20 minutes to talk to people. Why not? Why not be a resource? This is about demonstrating and showcasing that you are smart, that you are helpful, you have good information, particularly true if you're in the service business as versus selling a widget. Um, Be a resource. People want to work with people who are available and, and thoughtful. And we need to demonstrate that. So be helpful. Make connections for other people. It doesn't always have to come back to you. It will come back. I guarantee it. I love that. Um, and, and and it's funny because we talked about one of my rules of networking. This is another one is to give first. Yeah. Be a resource. Always, always love share yeah. insightful <laughs> information. Yep. Um, Cool. So uh, here's a fun one for you. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh God. I probably should have specialized. I was the classic generalist in PR and I've done a little bit of everything in my clients or across the board from green tech to consumer products, to business services, to nonprofits, to labor unions. Um, And I love the diversity but I could never have predicted the world would have focused on specialist, specialist, specialization. And I get calls from prospective clients going, well, have you done cookies? We're looking for someone who's done cookie PR. Well, I've done cake PR. Well, no, we only want cookies. So I think people are looking for specialization these days, which I don't think is necessarily good. I think there's something to be said for broader thinking and bringing that to the puzzle but I probably would have specialized more. And then personally, I was really shy and I really didn't speak up enough if I disagreed with something Mm -hmm. or take more control of the situation. So I wish I had more of a spine back then, but I do now. It just took me a little longer than most. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I, I always have the generalist versus specialist conversation with my team and it's something that I... I reflect back on a little bit too. There's pros and cons to both, you know, I'm, I'm a generalist uh, because I like to learn new things and there's in our space, there's always something new popping up. Um, And I can cover a lot of topics. You know, I like to say I'm a, I'm a a Jill of all trades and master of a couple. (laughs) Yeah, It's true. I worked for somebody many, many years ago, uh, one of my first PR bosses because I started in the media and he said the best PR people know a little bit about a lot of things mm-hmm. instead of a lot about li- few things. Mm-hmm. 
Because I think you can always learn. I've had clients buy companies and go into new industries and we all learned together. But if you know your discipline, which in your case is, you know, digital marketing, or I know communications and messaging, like, you know, that applies to no matter what the industry is, Um, you know, and in my case, you know, journalists change jobs every three minutes and and they're losing jobs. So you think it's based upon, you're going to only get a story written about your client because you know someone, no, it's how to put the pitch together and then you can target the right journalist and, and that transcends anything. Love it. Sherry, here's an opportunity for you to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me? Oh, gosh, Lori. How did, how did you get started or what do you see? I'd be curious from a personal perspective and professional, the intersection of how public relations and digital marketing kind of come together and where you see that dovetails. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting topic because it, it, the world of PR and marketing used to be very um, more on like the messaging advertising side of things where it's very separate and mm-hmm. there was some, some crossover, but now with digital, um, there is a, there's a huge mix of it because especially in the social media space, um, you know, public relations, my, my definition, I'm by no expert in PR. I know enough to be dangerous in PR. And I just try to, <laughs> I use that same line often. Yeah. That's so funny. We think a lot. <laughs> um, it, it's really where the social media stuff comes in and, and like getting exposure, getting someone else to, to write about you. So if someone on social media is tagging you or, or being an advocate um, or, you know, being someone like a, a brand ambassador I mean, that kind of resonates uh, from a PR perspective because it's someone else talking about you and a blog, you know, if someone's writing an article or a blog or like a podcast interview, like we're doing right now, I mean, it's, it's your message getting in front of someone else's audience. So that's, yes, that's and, where and- I think there's that intersection in the digital PR space. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And, 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 and they do really do need to integrate, you know, and whether you pay it or you leverage it, I, I mm-hmm. think it's definitely a piece of the puzzle. And I'm sure you could agree that most mistakes clients make, maybe they think they only need one. Correct. We'll only do one thing and that will be the panacea. And at long-term, it really doesn't. They, they really need to do something that's kind of very broad based yep. and comprehensive. Yeah. Well, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. That's what it comes down to. Well, you can, but we know that doesn't work well. I mean, I've done that in the past. I'm sure you have in other uh-huh. things. I've had client, you know, it's better to be broader. <laughs> well, you have to, especially in the digital space, because, you know, new channels and ways to communicate are popping up and fizzling out, as you talked about, like you can't get in front of them, that um, younger audience now uh, on Facebook, where, you know, my generation, your generation, we love Facebook. This is the place that we spend time. Yeah. But um, just because I'm awesome at using Facebook doesn't mean that's the right channel to be focusing the strategy on. So um, it's it's you have to diversify your message and the platforms and and not only the message itself, but how you communicate it. So I'm an advocate of using audio and video and images and text and and combining them and keeping them separate. I mean, everyone consumes information differently. So to some extent, you know, we were speaking about um, speaking to your ideal customer as opposed to 
the masses when you're commuting, pushing your message out there, but you do need to diversify how you push that message out there because everyone consumes information differently. And that goes back to what I started with and what we talked about, who's your target audience, okay? Mm -hmm. And who are, who is that? And it's not everybody. Your influences need something different. Even your target customer could be 12 different audiences and they consume information differently. They're going to hear your message differently. They're in different places. Their pain points are different. And that's what you need to start with. It's not the sexy part of the business. It's not creating the TikTok video. It's not creating the giant event in the middle of Times Square. That may come but it's really building the foundation of the house. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I hear you've got an offer for our listeners. You want to talk about that for a minute? Sure, Lori, happy to. I'm happy to do a free 20-minute consult with anybody that's interested, that's a listener, and it'd be my pleasure. Um, to do that, just come to the website, which is www.goldmanpr.net. Um, go to the contact us page and put in that you'd like a free 20 minute consult. And you heard me on Lori's podcast and we'll get that set up for you. Awesome. We will include that information in the show notes. Sherry, any final word of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Um, make it a priority. I'm as guilty as the next person. When we get busy or we get overwhelmed, that's the piece that falls by the wayside but that's the piece that's going to keep you up. That's the piece that's going to help you sustain in tough times and help you grow in good times. So make that a priority, whether it's 10% of your time, 15% of your time, three emails a week, whatever you choose to do. But, but truly that's the piece that's going to, that's your longevity is based upon it. Love that. All right. So if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, I know you shared some of that a little bit, any other ways that they can connect with you? Um, probably the website's the best thing, but certainly, um, the email is Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y at Goldman PR, G-O-L-D-M-A-N-P-R.net. Um, and if they check out the website, there's phone number and, and that's probably just the easiest way to do it. Certainly my social media as well. Um, do you, you have that Lori or do you need the, we are, on LinkedIn, the company is, I'm sorry, on Facebook, the company is facebook.com backslash Goldman Communications Group. On LinkedIn, my user profile is Sherry Goldman. And on Twitter, it's Sherry Goldman. My handle is Sherry Goldman PR. So all over the place. And you certainly can connect with me in any of those places as well. Cool. Great. We will include all that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me, Lori. It's been a pleasure. And I'm glad networking connected us because I know we're going to stay in touch. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. All right. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Sherry for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. You can connect with me, connect with Sherry. We're both happy to connect. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And I hope you enjoyed today's show, but most importantly, go reach out and connect with someone, reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.